0: Wasabi Wallet, unfairly private.
1: What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the show. It's another Friday. That means we do another episode of Why Are We Bullish? I've got some fantastic guests coming on today. going to be a great bullish episode. Uh, plenty to talk about. I know why I'm feeling bullish. How have you guys been? Have you been stacking sass for this dip? I sure as hell hope so. Um, As always, this is live. Anything can happen. So a quick disclaimer from my good friend Bill here.
2: We'll do it live. Okay. We'll we'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks.
1: I can see the people piling in. We're getting close to a hundred people here already. Be sure to smash that like button. Give this a share and hit up the chat. I'm going to be pulling in chat messages whenever I see something relevant. As always, I am Ben with the BTC Sessions, and this is your daily session.
3: Tuddle the Bitcoin.
1: Now, before we bring in our guests, let's just take a quick look at where we are in the market. This is the Bitbo.io dashboard. We're sitting around fifty thousand and close to around six hundred bucks. It's been kind of all over the place today. Uh, we had a substantial dip. We were down in in the forties. I think we went down to forty-seven something. Uh, but right now. On the bright side of things, for a single US dollar, you can pick up 1,975 sats. Stack them while you can. 89% of all Bitcoin have been mined. And in terms of fees, still high for next block, around 210 sats per byte. But we're seeing a little bit of relief if you're willing to wait an hour. 80 sats per byte will do you. Still not cheap, but not as catastrophic as it was the past few days also there's going to be a difficulty adjustment incoming uh in the realm of 20 so you'll see blocks start to pop out a little bit quicker i think that's slated for around may 1st for that change um welcome welcome of course before we bring in everybody uh quick shout out to sponsor the show Lead.io. You can use your Bitcoin for a variety of different services. For myself, uh, these are the guys I go to when I need to get my hands on dollars, but I don't wanna sell my Bitcoin because of course that is a taxable event. And I'm always worried about having to buy back in at a higher price. So I can go here uh, to fix that problem for myself. And I get back the same amount of sats when I pay back the loan. Of course, they've got their Bitcoin and USDC savings accounts with interest rates up to 12.5% annually paid monthly. And their B2X offering will buy you more Bitcoin with the same loan mechanism. If you're feeling mega bullish, check them out. Links are down below. Up next, Kobo Vault, one of my most used hardware wallets. I love this thing because it's 100% air gap meaning you never plug it into anything internet con- connected. It's all done offline via QR code, keeping the keys to your money also safe and offline. I love it. It's got a, uh, a dedicated um, Bitcoin only firmware. It's got a secure element. And if you get the pro like I have, uh, there is a fingerprint scanner and a rechargeable battery. Check them out. Um, I like using this thing particularly from multi-sig alongside my cold card. Really awesome for that use case of course i do live on bitcoin one of the ways that i can do this one of the things that really helps me is bit refill you can get just every damn gift card you can imagine you can pay on chain or via lightning network which makes things super simple for me and the beauty for me for somebody living on bitcoin is i do get sats back as i make my purchases so be sure to head over check them out also beneficial for privacy because once you purchase the gift card, nobody knows what you're buying after that. And finally, don't screw around with backing up your wallets. If you put it on paper, might not be the most secure thing. You can just accidentally throw it out. Also susceptible to water and fire damage. Get yourself something secure on steel like the bill bottle over on privacypros.io. And with that, let's wrap it up. Let's get everybody in here and let me drop my screen here we're gonna welcome to the stage Knut, greg and john guys welcome to the show how's everybody doing great everybody's good awesome i'm I'm
3: glad to see you guys
1: I'm super stoked. It's going to be great. I'm, I think it's great. I'm going to really quick go down the line, let you guys just do a quick introduction of yourselves, um, and then we'll we'll dive right in. So I'll toss it to Knut first. Dude, can you just do a quick intro of yourself?
0: Who am I? Uh, I am a Bitcoin author. Uh, I write books about Bitcoin. I wrote these two, And I've uh, written several articles, and some of them have turned into little animated videos which I'm very proud of. So uh, <laughs> there you go. I'll, I'll shill right here. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. and uh, I don't know what what the future uh, holds for me. I'm, uh, I'm eager to find out though. Uh <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, it's always great to have you on. And uh, if you haven't checked out his books, uh, you should. They're great. Um, let's jump next down the line. John, can you give yourself a little introduction?
3: Absolutely. Um, I'm just a Bitcoin fanboy, uh, a newfound parody cult leader um, at Sunday Satoshi Service, as you know, Ben, um, where if we're going to get accused of being a cult and religious, let's have some fun and save some shitcoiners from everlasting financial doom. But uh, second, I just uh, wrapped up your book, Canute, big fan. I got through, uh, I think, Bitcoin through mathematics is the title, but... Um, real quick, easy, and really succinct and profound read. So I really enjoyed that. Um, There's so many books that I think are tangential to to Bitcoin. And man, did you hit that on the head? I want to give that to my brother. I think uh, he's a newly uh, uh, orange-pilled member of the community. And so this is going to be his next gift. So thanks. Um, Yeah, uh, Bitcoin uh, Bitcoin dad here. Raising the first generation of uh, non-fiat children, trying to attract more folks to the cause. A business owner who's uh putting a lot of a uh, lot of our treasury into Bitcoin, and honestly, just a over real fanboy of the of Bitcoin and and what it means for 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 me, my family, and for the world.
1: Awesome, dude! Glad to have you. And if you haven't uh, heard him on on Clubhouse, he is an excellent host, moderator, and frequenter of all the uh, Bitcoin Clubhouse uh, rooms. So be sure to check him out there. And uh, let's jump down the line to our final guest. Mr. Greg Foss, you've been making the rounds. You've been everywhere. And that podcast with you and Preston was absolute fire.
2: So thank you for joining us here today, Greg. So, well, thank you. It's my second time. And uh, Ben, I have to thank you as a fellow Canadian. So I'm based in Toronto, Canada. I'm a 30-year credit trader, uh, which means I traded all sorts of Fixed income and debt products. Uh, that includes bank loans, credit default swaps, high yield bonds. That's where I got my start, junk bonds. So, yeah, I'm one of those crazy uh, junk bond traders. But the thing I need to leave with your listeners is a junk bond is still not as risky as the equity. Everything else being equal, if you own the bond of a company and there's equity and it's called a junk equity, uh, excuse me, a junk bond. Well, the equity is super junk. So never forget that, you guys. Um, junk bonds aren't as bad as the super junk equity. And that's my finance 101. Uh, what am I doing now? I, I retired from the hedge fund world uh, in 2015, 16. We had completed an incredible career or a career trade for me. And uh, I said, that's it. I'm, I'm out of this fiat uh, crazy fiat world. Uh, I got my start. I went to school in the US, came back to Canada, uh, started questioning the fiat system in 1988 and you know, we don't, we don't have to get into it, but what am I involved in now? I fell down the rabbit hole in 2016 and you pulled up Bitbow and that's really cool because we are the company I'm involved with right now, Validus Power. If you looked at Bitbo, you would see Validus Power is a sponsor of the Bitbo page and uh, we are Canadian energy company using flare gas to mine Bitcoin. So we're helping to cleanse the environment. I'm not gonna say we're greening the environment. We are cleansing the environment using waste energy. Uh, So you see the little thing right there. That's us, Uh, Validus Power. And uh, that is such a valuable bit, Bo, is two Canadian kids out of Ottawa, right? So so we're punching uh, above our weight in Canada, I think. Um, I'm not going to promote Canada over any other region of the world, but uh, very proud to be here. And uh, I also have three kids, John. And um, I'm 57 years old. I need you guys to remember this because I grew up uh, without an iPhone because they didn't exist. I grew up without a personal computer because they didn't exist. All right. I have fallen down the rabbit hole of the beauty of digital decentralization. I'm an engineer from McGill, an MBA from Cornell University in the United States. And I have three kids and I want to save this Fiat Ponzi uh and call it out so i'm calling out the fiat ponzi i've been doing it since i found bitcoin twitter and it is the most beautiful social media platform uh that i learn continuously so thank you for having me and if uh well i look forward to getting into this uh into this discussion so thank you this is
1: this is going to be great um very excited about this so those that have not seen the show before or this iteration of btc sessions effectively what uh why are we bullish is is each one of us is going to have a reason we are feeling bullish on why are we bullish we live by the three r's and those are somebody gives a reason why they're feeling bullish we all together riff on that reason and then finally we rotate to the next person. So super simple, um, meant to be just a fun kind of recap of our feelings over the past week or however long. Um, so I'm going to get us started off with a reason for being bullish this week. And it's kind of like antithetical to the the, the name of the show, but it's, it's a contrarian indicator. And what I mean is, would everybody just look At the FUD-filled news nowadays, if you search Bitcoin right now, it just hefty losses, price retreats crashing right now. And you get into some of these actual articles, uh, Bitcoin sinks as US capital gains tax proposal injects fear into crypto market. And one of the lines, traders are likely anxious to sell now and secure their profits at the current capital gains rate. Are they? Uh, it keeps going. Bitcoin price decline deepens, heads for worst week since February. Since February, you guys, um, Bitcoin price tumbling fast. Fears of a major fifty percent correction send Bitcoin crashing under fifty k. Uh, and even more, this is my favorite. Guggenheim's Scott Minard. If you're unfamiliar, uh, his he, Guggenheim is putting tons of Bitcoin into their treasury. Uh, he thinks that they could pl- it could plunge 50% in the near term because things are very frothy. Now, let's think back to January. We're going to hop in our time machine. And in January, uh, Scott Minard went on CNBC and was saying, listen, we, we surpassed the price target of $35,000 and it is due to, it's, it's, it's probably time to take money off the table, everybody. Take money off the table. Now, side note, Scott Minard, at the time, they didn't yet have the ability to start buying Bitcoin and put it on their balance sheet. He had to wait to the end of the month. So he's ringing the alarm bells saying, take money off the table. Meanwhile, he's getting ready to stack sats. He wanted your sats then. He wants your sats now. Don't sell your Sats to Guggenheim. It's not a good call. And you know, since his price called in when he was saying, "Hey, it's it's 35k. It's too high." Well, I mean, look, we we crashed to 50k. (laughs) We crashed to 50k. People are bitching and complaining about 50k, and here we sit. Um, And the funny thing is. In the little notes here he says, "I think we could pull back to twenty or thirty thousand dollars on Bitcoin, which would be a fifty percent decline and then just a little note, however, Menard says he remains bullish over the long run, predicting an eventual rise to four hundred thousand dollars to six hundred thousand dollars. So this dude is saying Bitcoin's going between 400 and four hundred and six hundred k, but beware. We're we we just crashed and we might crash a little bit further below 50k. Dude is telling you to take money off the table now. It is it is I, I don't even know what the words is, is. This malicious? I I don't know. Like Knut, what do you think of this? Do you think he's just trying to play the game, trying to get people to to dump? Like what? What are your feelings here, Canute? Oh, I think you're muted.
0: Yeah, what are my thoughts on this? Uh like <laughs> I hear the term 4D chess a lot and I think 2D chess is hard enough for people and I think no no human being can master 4D chess. <laughs> so uh, he's he's just trying but it's 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 sort of obvious, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I I think so. Do you are are you uh are you at all worried about short-term price con- corrections. I already don't know the answer, but...
0: No, they're an opportunity, of course, as always. They've always been, and uh, they always will be, uh, which I'll get into that later, because that is why I'm bullish. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, John, what are, what are
1: your feelings on on this latest round of FUD news? Mild correction
3: here. How are you feeling? I mean, I had this conversation with Hodel like two days ago. It's like, how many times can he get away with this? Right. Like, that's the real question, right? Like, it's like the third time it's like every month on the month, you know, it needs to shake some weak hands. And this is where I try to implore those, man. Like, these are guys that are trying to buy your Bitcoin. You know, Ben hits on it all the time. Don't let them stack your sats. Right. And like, to me, this is a clear example of Wall Street trying to shake weak hands before they make their positions. They don't announce these things and move markets on themselves. And, like, what's crazy to me is, like, I thought to myself, like, how many times does he get to get away with this? And uh, and it looks like he might be getting away with it again. So, yeah, um, don't sell him your sats. Don't sell me your sats. I'm going to buy them if you do. So that's kind of my take. Agreed. Greg,
1: what what do you think about this? Like, it, whether it be Scott Minard, other people calling
2: for big pullbacks, I- is it relevant at all? So... <laughs> This is going to be a difficult answer for me because I came from that community, right? I was a hedge fund manager and I need to explain how you trade a core position. So let's say Mr. Menard, who I've never met, has a core position in Bitcoin. That doesn't mean he's at max limit long in his core all the time, right? You need dry powder to buy a dip, He can't predict markets. I think Canute said it very eloquently. Nobody can. But you're also a bit of a marketing machine. So you send out smoke signals to the market because you're marketing your expertise to a whole bunch of institutional investors who may or not become unit holders of your fund. So he has to show an expertise. And some people could call it a coin flip. I happen to believe the hedge fund community is better than a coin flip, but there's lots of people that out there that don't think the hedge fund community is better than a coin flip. Okay. I spent half of my career, 15 years, working at a hedge fund. You have clients like everyone else. You have to play risk and return, you have to play probabilities, and you have to market yourself as an expert in the square. I like Guggenheim. I do not know, Scott. Uh, I am not about to diss his expertise in the market. All I will say is this. If he thinks it's going to $400,000, I guarantee you it's a core position in his book. Okay? He's not going to be shorted. Nor would I ever be shorted. Okay? But he is playing the ability to buy more of it at a lower price and... Rightly so, markets can go up, markets can go down. The most disciplined trader is somebody who is not Peter Schiff. Peter Schiff has been wrong for so long, and he just never reverses position. Whereas Scott has taken a core view that it's going up in price, but he also says markets can get frothy. So all I will say is this, I'm almost certain, but not 100% certain that Scott is long. He's basically said so. He may not have 100% of his core position, meaning of the entire portfolio that he manages. Maybe he said, my allocation to Bitcoin is going to be 7%. Let's just say, well, he may be riding at three and a half percent right now and wants to accumulate more. You guys got to understand that the real money management world out there never goes all in all the time in one asset. They just can't. Or else those people could do it themselves. Their clients could say, oh, Scott, you're 100% in Bitcoin. Why am I paying you 2% per year to manage my portfolio if you're 100% in this one asset? All I'm saying, guys, always take a core position. If you're wrong, and Scott could have been wrong at, six, at, at 25000 and he may have been buying at 45000 or 55000 or 60000 That's a disciplined trader. An undisciplined trader is somebody like Peter Schiff who has been wrong since a 100 bucks and refuses to reverse his position, even though he has the story mostly right. So I won't take issue with Guggenheim. I will tell you that the number of institutional investors that are getting involved and sophisticated hedge fund investors that are getting involved in this square, you're going to see headlines come out. Raoul Paul, going to come out. I might switch all my Bitcoin to Ethereum. All right, mute that, and just say he knows he's headline. He's pumping subscriptions. Remember what your core position is, and stick to your discipline. That's all I'll say. Love that. Uh,
1: my key takeaway was mute. Ralph Paul. <laughs> so uh, everybody, again. We're going to kind of reset the room for anybody that uh, is just popping in, but this is Why Are We Bullish? Uh, name of the game is We All Have a Reason for Being Bullish, and we get to riff on each person's reason. Uh, and so we're going to toss it down the line. Before we do that, of course, I want to say thank you to everybody that is is here and is watching, of course, smash that like button, give this a share. There's 270 people in the room watching right now. Um, and, uh, yeah, let's keep on going. So I'm going to toss it to Knut. and, uh, if you would like to enlighten us with what has you feeling bullish this week?
0: The the same thing as every other week that that everyone underestimates this invention or discovery, because, uh, it has been said that the, uh, Humanity's greatest shortcoming is her an inability to understand the exponential function. And Bitcoin is a testament to exactly that. Because you have uh, an ever-increasing demand with an ever, uh, combined with an ever-decreasing de- supply. And it's, we're living through hyper-Bitcoinization. We're living to, through the first small steps of uh, a hyper world. And uh, I, I, I don't know how many of you saw this, but I, I uh, pasted a link to a little animation we made a couple of weeks back or a couple of months back, I believe, uh, in the chat, uh, just on top of the chat, uh, which, in which I, we try to explain uh, why Bitcoin's uh, adoption curve may be S-shaped, but the price uh, curve will be J-shaped. Because there's no end to hyper-Bitcoinization. and this is this is a, the really weird thing that th- this invention is so much weirder than, than we can wrap our heads around. Uh, and people are starting to get that, and th- like there there are events coming. Oh, there it is. Uh, <laughs> like the ba- basic uh, premise of that video is is that uh, well, Bitcoin adoption may be S-shaped, so that uh, the, the Metcalf's law and the network effect makes everyone on earth sooner or later own Bitcoin. but, but it doesn't stop there because then then all <laughs> I mean each of us have has a, a different amount of money in the bank and all that money will sooner or later go into Bitcoin. And the but the money printers will keep going. so the price will continue to go up. and when everyone stops using dollars, it doesn't end there. Uh, it doesn't even end there because what do we have then in a hyper world without countries and without central banks way ahead in the future? we Then we have a global sound money-free market and that is like the best state the world can be in and that will make production costs go go down for everything at an ever-increasing rate even faster than it is now. It's already exponential and uh, in this uh, like handicapped free global free market we have now where where there's interventionism everywhere but when we have a global totally free market with sound money in its base layer uh there's nothing stopping us and <laughs> this will take us to the stars guys the, like i think everyone is underestimating what bitcoin will do uh, over the next 10 years um a lot can happen in uh, <laughs> I don't remember who said that. I think it was maybe Steve Jobs, like uh, everyone overestimates what happens in a year but underestimates what happens in 10 years. And uh, I think this is definitely true for Bitcoin but more on a weekly basis. <laughs> like uh, or monthly basis you 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 like under you overestimate what will happen during the next month but you vastly underestimate what, what what's happening what will happen in the next few years. Uh, and this has happened over and over again like 2 2017 when when we when we peaked and crashed so many people thought it was over what is it now like 2021 <laughs> it's nothing <laughs> it's it's nothing and it's like t- <laughs> and wh- who knows where the price is going this year yeah uh, you think 50,000 is the top come on <laughs> you think this is slowing down Plan B yeah. is, is not bullish enough. Matt Odell <laughs> is not bullish enough. No one's bullish enough. I'm not bullish enough. The, the, yeah. This 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 is it. And that's that's like why I'm bullish this week. <laughs> 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 I I love it. I mean y- you're so right.
1: There's there's no real measure, no no discernible measure for how high Bitcoin can go in dollars because dollars are infinite. Right? Yeah.
0: yeah. But beyond that, there's no... Uh, there's there's even no limit to the purchasing power of Bitcoin, which is what really matters, right? Dollars don't really matter. Uh, uh, in a few years, they won't matter at all because no one will be talking about them. There will be a historical thing. And <laughs> uh, after that, it, it, it gets even faster. So, uh, and that's that's the real fascinating thought. And I've been I've been thinking about this a lot, and I can't get it out of my head because it's 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 too good. It sounds too good to be true. But these are exponentials. They are too good to be true. I mean, <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I I agree with everything that you're saying. Like uh, the the dollar is is very quickly becoming a useless metric and human ingenuity means that we will be able to continuously produce more things more services more 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 items what, whatever we desire will be increasingly efficient at doing that and and good quality items and so in a world where we become more efficient and create more efficient things, and we have a sound money with a cap supply, you're right. The, there's, it's Dollars are a poor metric. It's the purchasing yeah. power of Bitcoin that is exponential.
0: Yeah. It, the thing you said about quality there is like everything is of a poorer quality than it needs to be right now because of the fiat monetary system. Because things are produced to be sold scrapped and sold again mm-hmm. and in a sound money uh, monetary system you, you things are produced to last mm-hmm. <laughs> so so uh, so this is this is so weird i i don't think anyone really gets what what, what this is about and it <laughs> when,
3: does that, when does that happen, Canute? Like I, I've had this conversation with lots of people in the community too, right? Like once you do, once you start to see things through a bit, you know, unit of account of Bitcoin, the world really starts to significantly change. Like you can't unsee it. Um, you know, it's like you ever see those videos no. where they see like uh, they make the glasses for the colorblind folks, and they see it like for the first time. Like I try to. That's, yeah, that's yeah. me. Or, I when that. when did they... you go through that really, Ben? Or I did. They... Yeah. Oh you All right. Know. Well, now you now I have two questions. I start with you here. Another <laughs> tangent, but. You know, wh- wh- how maybe like I-, I have often used that as an analogy as to like what truly seeing Bitcoin is. Not that you stop learning about it, not that you can stop having truth be revealed through it. But once you know, like once you know <laughs> and you yeah. feel like you have this, you I know, know right? as an investor and, you know, an asymmetric type of trade, if you will. But what was that like compared to kind of seeing color for the first time? It's crazy that you've actually gone through that.
1: I'm I'm so glad that you made this analogy. You're not off the hook. I got I got a follow up for you, I-, <laughs> I I had never, oddly enough, I had never gone through that analogy in my head because it that that experience for me was just something totally separate. You know, with my family, like having that experience of seeing these colors for the first time. So the story was that I, I learned I was colorblind in you know when I was in grade school. Never really you just kind of live with it and you don't really know what you're missing. Um, and then uh, a couple of years back, my wife for Christmas got me, uh, the, the Chrome chromatic or whatever the name of the glasses are. And, uh, you know, it was dead of winter in, in Canada. And I was like, well, I don't want to waste these on like the dreary, ugly, you know, frozen wasteland that I'm currently
3: living in. So the grand reveal, right. For the prophecy. scene
1: yeah, so in in March of the following year, we did a trip uh, down to down to Mexico, um, and we we're staying in the Mayan Riviera. And so she had me put them on. We were in kind of like a resort and we we're walking around. She had me put them on when when, you know, there's like beautiful flowers and lush greenery and everything. And so i'm I'm standing there. I put them on. And I was standing beside these plants, the big leaves and like the tips of them. There were just like shocks of the brightest pink. And I didn't know that the pink was even there. I just thought it was just like a green bush. And all of a sudden I put it on. I'm like, oh, whoa, holy, holy shit. Like I I couldn't even see it before. And then she's like, take off the glasses and look at those bushes over there. And she's like, do you see the, the flowers in them? I was like, no, I see a bush. I see a general, I know it's probably a green bush. And then I put them on and there's just like the brightest red flowers peppered all through them. And so again, after having put them on and then taken them off, I was then aware that there was a difference there that I knew before, but it was interesting It's the same kind of thing when you experience Bitcoin and you kind of pull back the veil of how things actually work and how much money influences everything we do and how much a perverted monetary system perverts our incentive structures. And you can still view things through the old lens by watching mainstream media, right? You can still go and watch the news and see how the world sees everything right now. People that haven't been orange-pilled. And you can still watch and look at that and go, I see how they see it currently, but I can't unsee what I've already seen because you see the cracks, you see the differences that are there <clears throat> between what you know is true and what you're currently looking at. And so that analogy, again, I had never thought to compare the two, but it is it is so in tune for Exactly what happens when you get orange pills. So, John, thank you for bringing that up, and I
3: invite you to ask your other question to continue. No, man, that's pretty cool because I couldn't have possibly known that you uh, y- you had that experience, man. So, uh, so, I'm glad we had that. That, but Canoe, no, 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 you're not off the hook. I got to ask you a question
0: here. Yeah, yeah, but I, I've got a follow up question to. Ben. Oh, on the,
3: on the on the color eye thing. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're well, not off the hook, so, though. I'm not so going to forget f- it. I got it noted down here.
0: <laughs> so, so the the first time you had those glasses on when you pulled the pair of panties off. <laughs> Was that the first time you saw the flower and not only the bush? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry about that. I couldn't help myself. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, our, oh, the awkward silence. No, no I'm just, I, I was that. just
3: hoping my kids weren't watching. This is all I was thinking. And I'm like, if they understood that, that means I failed. That's what it's, I was thinking. So it's here past 11 here. But, uh, <laughs> so when does that happen? Like, when do you think, and I know you're going to say, well, I don't know. But like, if you had to guess, because obviously like one Bitcoin is one Bitcoin, right? When you get to unit of account, you stop thinking in terms of, of what fiat is, what taking profits mean. Like, that just all sounds so stupidly silly and I'll talk a little bit about on my bullish case but yeah. when is it no longer are we measuring dollars when is my block clock like no no when do I stop looking at that number in my in my block clock right is that at one sat per dollar like when is that like stop? when does that decouple um, for a yeah, lot of I, hardcore bitcoiners that's true but we still look at that number right and uh, so when is that when does that actually take place and I'd love to get your take on this especially after reading your book and thinking about how you kind of yeah. fragment things
0: yeah, and uh, my thoughts on this have changed over time. And right now, I'm in a phase where I'm not sure if Bitcoin will ever be a a practical unit of account because of the J shape. <laughs> because, like, uh, I think if if it if it pumps forever, I think there's a the there's a point in time where the price can't go down uh, because of the limited supply and an ever increasing demand. Uh, and an ever-increasing uh, ever productivity. People tell me that's that's not how markets work and stuff, but like that's not how what markets work now. But in a hyper-Bitcoinized world, we're in a very di- different situation. So I'm, I'm not even sure that even after the dollar dies, that, that Bitcoin will become the uh, most popular unit of account because there, there are more practical things to, to measure like day-to-day items so uh, if you uh, if you denominate prices in liters of milk or or something like that <laughs> that might be even more useful for for like a, a stable unit of account to to measure the the value of, of other things in uh but th- this is all speculation. I, I, I mean, I don't know if the, if we're talking five years. I don't know if we're talking 10 years or 400 years or even a thousand years here. I, I I don't know where all- How where about all terms of price point, 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 right?
3: Like say, say in t- and I know we're talking about like future, you know, purchasing power in today's terms, right? But like, yeah. is that a million dollar Bitcoin? Is that a five million? When do we stop thinking about it in terms of dollars?
1: I, I want to chime in here because I think, <clears throat> and I saw somebody tweet this out. I can't remember who it was. I think it happens when uh, the countdown clock for Moscow time on my block clock behind me strikes zero. So when you can no longer get a single sat for a dollar, yeah, you know that's 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 where I'm at,
3: and I'm just like, that's a four hundred trillion dollar. You know what I mean? Like, what? Like, we're starting to look at a much different place in a much different world. Maybe my well, at that point,
1: it's it's not that it's not that it's not that. Bitcoin has gone so up so much that there's enough dollars to buy. Is that rather the,
3: dollar the dollar is so dollar broken? Power. Right, right. Yeah.
0: right. Uh, oh, where was I in my thoughts? Uh, yeah, yeah. I tweeted something along along those lines. Like, uh, bitcoin when Bitcoin was at sixty three thousand dollars, like there will be a, a point in time where one Satoshi is at sixty three thousand uh, dollars, and and I uh, like people. Uh, the responses I got to that tweet was like, uh, you're completely mad or oh, no one will uh, be able to pay the fees and, uh, and all of this stuff. But the fees don't matter if, if the, it's all on the Lightning Network, right? So n- not as much anyway. And there might be layer three solutions or whatever. Uh, a, a, a number is by definition infinitely divisible. So, so <laughs> of course, you can trade Satoshi's... Uh, in other ways than on chain uh, this on chain business is like you're missing the point <laughs> on chain is fort knox you you don't need fort knox for everything like and and lightning is is uh is just a, a very very secure uh payment network uh and we got those two uh, and countless other ways of actually trading bitcoin with each other i mean we can still use ious uh we can still use uh like a note that says redeemable for this amount of bitcoin i mean there are solutions to that so so i've lost the question there somewhere Let what, me, can it, I try We're in?
3: all trying to, we're all trying to yeah. swallow 63K per site. Yeah, bands, yeah. Uh, okay, okay.
1: Yeah, sure.
2: So, so, <laughs> great, so Nude, great, I, I was, I was going to actually try and not say anything in this, in this, because I felt I overspoke in the first, in the first thing. But okay. firstly, Nude, can you let me tell you, that was a beautiful, Uh, your exponential, you're, you're true. It's all mathematics. Okay. Exponential is you want to ride the exponential wave. So that's why you never want to be short Bitcoin. You need a core holding. Your core, core holding is going to depend on your uh, own risk profile. I'm not about to advise everybody what their core holding is going to be. But it better be more than zero. Okay. And that sounds weak, but there's so many people in the world that have zero. So
0: well, more more than zero will be enough at one point. Okay.
2: But here, let's, let's talk about how we're going to get there. Okay. So first yeah. of all, I'm an engineer. I wanted to bring this up. If you guys have never seen the blockchain in action on something like tradeblock.com or there must be other apps out there showing that the beauty of the blockchain and the first blockchain ever, the perhaps the first block, the only blockchain that matters Bitcoin. It is a thing of beauty as an engineer I'm visual. So please check out tradeblock.com. That's what convinced me that this Bitcoin thing was real. <clears throat> Excuse me. So here's what we have. Fiat is mathematically certain to debase. Yes. When you have total debt in the world, total global debt to total global GDP at a number of greater than four times where we are currently total global GDP needs to grow at a number. That's just not fathomable and not possible in order for fiat currency, not to debase. Okay. So that is a certainty. There's going to be two parallel systems that exist for a while. And I'm not certain I want the world to uh, turn into anarchy or anything like that. And Michael Saylor said this eloquently in his conversation with um, Frank Justra. And if you guys haven't watched that, it is a thing of beauty. Again, Saylor is a walking mainframe computer that can actually speak. Okay. As an engineer, I went to school with a ton of really brilliant people like Sailor. The beauty about Michael is he can actually put two words together. He's not just a mathematical computer. He is a speaking computer as well. Okay, so fiat is programmed to debase. We need a parallel system. And he actually stated that he thinks Bitcoin is good for the US dollar. And I don't disagree with that. There are 180 other fiat's out there, guys. And every single one of them with the exception of maybe two or three, are going to fail before the U.S. dollar does. It's just the way it is. So you need protection against those other 165 before you even worry about the U.S. dollar. There will be a parallel system in which there's a fiat currency for barter, And there is a store of value, the most beautiful thing we've ever seen in the history of mankind called Bitcoin. Okay. Technology, money's technology. But let me tell you a little story. Have you guys heard that story where there's a guy walking through town and he has a cow and he's got a for sale sign on the side of his cow. And he says, I want to sell this cow for 600,000 US dollars. And people are like, are you out of your mind? Six hundred thousand US dollars. He's walking through town in the for sale sign. Two days later, same cow, same for sale sign. Five days later, he's walking through town with three chickens. Somebody says, I told you, you'd never sell that cow for six hundred thousand dollars. He says, darn right. I did. I sold it, sold it for these three, two hundred thousand dollar chickens. That's all a fee it is, guys. It's measuring barter. Mm -hmm. It means nothing. It is programmed to debase. It satisfies a currency transaction in a point in time. Do not store your wealth in fiat, but use it for barter. And if you store it for wealth, you're a sucker. Okay, Newt, I tried not to say anything. You laid it out beautifully. We may get to 63,000 per Satoshi, excuse me, my price targets and uh, using credit default swaps and everything—you don't get there immediately. <clears throat> the world is the world is always, you know, it's 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 a dynamic. It's an ebb and flow. We have guys always looking at inflation. I'm going to tell you guys: stop worrying about inflation. It is a concern. The bigger component of fixed income is actually credit. It's actually the worry that. All of these other countries fail that the IMF is supporting. And they're going to fall. Bang, 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 bang. Because they have historically as well. Okay. Worry about credit more than you worry about inflation. Don't ignore inflation because it's there. But, but they're worry. the same thing. Uh, no, okay. sir. Not in my opinion. And we could get into that. I don't want to get too granular. The point yeah, but, is-
0: yeah, but fiat currency is all debt. Like, it, it's only a okay. tiny portion all, of it. All that's true. Okay. The, yes.
2: All true. Yeah. All true. So let's not, let's not worry too much about that. I want to just tell you there will be a process of getting there. And I'm going to quote the most brilliant guy in the space that I know of, which is Michael Saylor. And he said on that uh, <clears throat> discussion or debate or a slaughter of Frank Justra that the fiat dollar, excuse me, the fiat us dollar could actually benefit from Bitcoin standard. And I actually agree with that. I'm not going to go out and that's not my mantra. Okay. Right now, very simply at 60,000 or $50,000 us per Bitcoin guys, it's a rounding error. Do not overthink this. I don't care if it's 40, 60, 50, 35, it is a rounding error. And Scott Minard said the same thing while talking his book. No one knows 10,000 bucks here and there fellas. This is a rounding error. This is the best asymmetric trade I have ever seen in 32 years of trading risk. Okay. Why? Because it could, it has such a tail. It could go to 63,000 per Satoshi. My price target might be, you know, three to 4 million US dollars per coin, but you got to get through a hundred thousand first. So, sorry. uh,
0: Greg, uh, where, why do you see a roof? Why do you see? Oh, I don't, I don't,
2: but, but you need to understand me. I've been in markets my whole life. You got to get through a hundred thousand till you, until you get to 200,000. And, and I think it's more rational for us. And one of the reasons I don't wear laser eyes guys is because I think a hundred thousand is still a rounding error. I'm not aiming for a hundred thousand. I can give a price target, but not a time. I'll give a time, but not a price target. You never give both. If you give both in the markets, you're setting yourself up to be a fool. Okay. So just remember, we're on the right side of the trade. We have an asymmetric distribution, a tail to the right hand side, which I've never seen in my life before. Let it evolve and don't hope for the dissolution of the U S dollar. Hope for the fact that the U.S. dollar remains as a currency, but Bitcoin is the reserve asset of the world. Asset, why? Because it's digital energy. And as soon as oil and natural gas are priced in Bitcoin, Bitcoin becomes the de facto reserve asset of the world. We can still have a currency. It's called fiat. And it could be three chickens for one cow equals 600,000 bucks. Doesn't matter. Guys, that's why currencies existed, because they eliminated the need for a barter, okay? And I don't want to get too technical, and I do believe in the asymmetric return to the upside, but we got to do expected value analysis. And I will tell you, one of the things that Joostra had against Michael was he thought he was preaching too much. My, uh, Joostra was, he said to Sailor, you, you're, you're setting expectations, the reality is we don't have to set those expectations. We just have to tell people it's cheap right now. And in my opinion, once again, this is the cheapest insurance on the default of a basket of fiat currencies that I've ever seen in my life. You got to own it. We don't set price targets over a period of time. We just say where it can go to. Newt Canute, I think you're right. You're on it. It's exponential, but we need to get through the little, you know, the incremental increases. And, and then we'll go back to Scott Bernard. $400,000? Gosh, at that price, you've barely overtaken the price of gold. Like, who really cares? Gold's a rounding error. Like, just flip it off. Gold is $10 trillion. The total addressable market of Bitcoin is $900 trillion U.S. dollars. That's Today. the goal and more tomorrow. Absolutely. You're totally right. But why don't we talk in today's dollars? So all of this is cool. It won't happen overnight. There's going to be ebbs and flows. Just remember, we're talking anything laser eyes. Guys, we got to change our laser eyes. Our laser eyes got to be you know, if we do believe this, our laser eyes at 100K, we're, we're – You just
3: we're, had someone comment in the comment box, laser eyes until fiat dies. I think that's yeah, where – cre- uh, hey, No, yes no, sir. no.
0: We're, we're all doing – I actually don't think you guys are disagreeing, 100K. by
3: the way. I've been trying to listen for your guys' disagreement, and I don't think you guys oh, disagree. Hey, hey, hey. No, 100%. No, no. I'm
2: a so, so agreeing. Like, <laughs> please, don't get me wrong. I love – Well, and that's my
3: favorite part box. of Bitcoin conversations, right? It's like, yeah. no – I'm more bullish. No, no, no.
0: <laughs> I'm more but, bullish. But Greg, Greg, to that point, like uh, if I may quote Michael Sailor uh, myself, uh, it's going up forever, Laura, and uh, that's that's like the mantra now. And uh, as no, you got to sound more view.
3: frustrated than that. Like, <laughs> it's going what, up forever. I mean, I don't yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Why, why is it there. going up
2: forever? Very simply because fiat's are programmed to debase. When you reach four times total global debt to four times global GDP, let's just run through this. If the average coupon on the global debt is 3%, which is low, your numerator is growing at 12%. Your denominator Total global GDP needs to grow at 12% just to keep up with the organic growth. Yeah, we haven't done in, 12%
3: in like forever.
2: God, forever, it never happens. And that doesn't include all these absolutely asinine like the modern, modern, modern monetary theory people that are saying, well, it just add another 4 trillion to the US deficit. Guys, mathematically programmed to debase. All right. That's all you need to know,
3: yep. really. <laughs> all right, sign off. We're good. We got this all figured out. Everybody, everybody, goes smash by all right, and Call it a day.
1: Everybody is is uh, pretty excited about the uh, conversation going on here. Uh, solid topic so far. Um, we're gonna keep it rolling. Uh, 350 people live. Tons of chat messages. I do. I did love. I got to give a shout out to who was that that said. It was uh Bitcoin, Bitcoin Lyota, right?
3: right. <laughs> Bitcoin
1: uh, gotta love the Lyotas, uh, but he was the laser eyes till Fiat dies in the chat. Um, yeah, everybody keep those messages coming. Uh, smash that like, give it a share. We're gonna keep rolling, and I'm gonna toss it to John. I'm gonna let John drop his reason for being bullish, dude. Take it away.
3: I am. Um, so we we sort of hit on this, but I, I don't think it's we okay. can hit on it enough, to be frank. Um. I know uh, uh, uh Michael was here last week, um, but the reality is is I think we'll forever look back on april twenty first twenty twenty one the twenty first day of the fourth month of the twenty twenty uh, the twenty first year of the uh, of the century and you simply will know that gold didn't maybe die that day, but it was killed that day. um you know I, I made the analogy. That, like, you can be biased, right? So, I was a biased Chicago Bulls fan, right? I'm, you know, you see it in my sweater, but like, you still knew that we were winning by 30, right? Like, and you knew that the Bulls were winning. And I try to like highlight that what happened on uh, Wednesday was, was, was really, I think, impossible for folks to really, I think, understand and, and probably won't for, for, for quite some time. Like, we'll have to look back at this three, four, five, 10, 20 years, because um, you, you, Michael was absolutely poetic. You do know, you want uh,
1: Really quick. Can you just, uh, for people that don't know what, uh, what happened on Wednesday, oh, just man, like, I forget let people know talking.
3: what. Sure. Sure. Yeah, do you want to set the stage or do you want me to just? No, you uh, do it, man. You do well, it, man. Well, in simple, simple terms, uh, uh, Michael Saylor had a debate with a gold bug named Frank Joostra. Um, Somebody check on that guy, please. Like, I don't know if we've, We've had any check-ins? For, has he tweeted since the debate? Yeah, okay, I, I have a plan. I have
2: tons of good info on him. So he's a Canadian. Let's leave it there. Go ahead, John. I well, have,
3: I, I would say they had. I'll leave it at this. They had a debate. Um, certainly, um, a lot of us here, uh, either that are watching, listening, or participating in this panel, certainly have a biased perspective. But like I said, um, the debate, um, was such so clear. Uh, Michael was absolutely surgical. I, I I drew the analogy of like Tiger Woods at like Augusta in 03, 04 or something. I mean, it was just it, it's just it, it was so clear that by the end, Frank Drustra is telling people, right? He went from from hey, you know, Mr. Mr. Sailor's a snake oil salesman, right? And and there was two things that I would note that got me incredibly bullish. One of them got the you know, got my spine tingling, which is awkward to admit to. To, to the world. But the, the first of it is at the end of this debate, Juicer's telling you, Hey, I, my recommendation is to buy hard assets and that includes gold real estate. Uh, I forget what else. Cause it doesn't matter. And, in uh, Bitcoin. Okay. Michael went in there and he talked to gold bugs. He wasn't talking to you and me, okay? He was talking to some folks that are getting ready for bed right now, right? Like that's who he was talking to. And um, the reality is, is he got his opponent to tell them to buy Bitcoin. Came over. You know, he reiterated two key points in my mind. Hey, they told you to put 10% of your your investable assets into, into gold. Okay, what about the other 90%, right? And then he's telling you, hey, this is what gold... This is what gold companies, various whether they're miners or otherwise. This is what they're holding on their balance sheet. and it's not gold, right? Like that indictment was just like, you know, it, it was it was epic. it was Hollywood. It was like 1980s Rambo like movie where good and evil is so clear, you know, and Rambo clearly comes out on top. but in closing, I mean, there was this there was this piece and, and you catch it on Twitter, but Michael goes through and absolutely preempts the fud, especially around, um, uh, Bitcoin, you know, mining, environmental, confid, et cetera, et cetera. You know, talks about about five hundred, a thousand years of just the bloody history of gold and what really was like Shakespearean iambic pentameter. Like, I mean, it was clear that he practiced it. It was clear he was ready for it. I saw him kind of pointing some thoughts and notes, but I mean, he delivered that in a way that debate over. You know, it's just like strike them out, throw them out. It's the game was just on and over. And oftentimes I think the opponent knows he's losing before the, the, the winner knows he's winning. And in that moment I saw that he knew he was losing and that this debate was over and the ad hominem attacks came after that. Right. And so I would leave you with, man, I am more bullish than ever because one of the disciples in the church of Satoshi, Mr. Michael Saylor himself, absolutely. On April 21st, 2021, the day that we'll remember that gold was killed (laughs) i
1: love it did it by the way did anybody also see his uh equally great although like it was a a one single punch knockout uh here but there was um charlie billow oh yeah like commodity prices over the year and like everything's up like at least double digits and then down at the bottom of a list of about 15 or 20 things it's gold at three percent and uh, Sailor retweeted him and said, "It's a long list, but please make sure you read all the way to the bottom." Of course, alluding to the three percent only appreciation in gold. And Spencer Schiff, his son, replied to your brutal, Uh "Yeah, it, I mean Sailor's been a wrecking ball uh, in in all of this, and I'm <laughs> I'm curious what some of your thoughts are on on what happens to gold from here because it's been." pretty lackluster all year uh, and it doesn't seem to be performing the way you you might expect in, in these types of this type of an environment so I don't know like if anybody wa- anybody can jump on this and uh, talk to what John was saying regarding the debate but does anybody have any thoughts on the debate and or what happens to gold moving forward
0: uh, what, what time scale
1: uh, yeah, I, I mean <laughs> uh, yeah, like I, yeah, I don't I, think it's gonna disappear overnight, but like what what happens now? Ten years out, 20 years out, 30 years out.
0: Yeah, f- first of all, I, I, I would have to say I agree with John. Uh, Michael Saylor's debate was fantastic, and I agree with Greg. He's one of the better thinkers in this space. I mean, when he first came onto the scene, he was a kind of uh, suspicious, like there the, is a billionaire that I haven't heard of because I hadn't b- before he went into Bitcoin, not a lot at least. And, uh, it turns out to be a great thinker. Have you seen the, the sailor series with the uh, Robert Breedlove? It's it's just fantastic. And I love his, uh, uh, all of that. And, uh, uh, th- there are a lot of great thinkers in this space. And th- th- that's one of the reasons why I love it so much. Uh, and gold, gold, like I guess Bitcoin will eat a lot of the gold market, at least short, short term over the next 10 years. I think it, gold will probably appreciate in dollar terms, but in Bitcoin, in Bitcoin terms, hell no. It will plummet in Bitcoin terms, of course, because Bitcoin has a long way to go still. And after it's gone all that way, it has a long way to go still and after that <laughs> and that just keeps going so uh well gold gold is a, a dumb rock and uh it's good for jewelry but and people will still crave jewelry and whatever i, I don't uh, i don't care too much for dumb rocks <laughs> So, so we'll that's kind of beautiful. That
3: happens with uh with all the rappers that bought all their grills. Like, at what point do they ah. try to get open dime grills? Oh, right? Yeah, like, open dime. Yeah, sure. yeah,
0: that would be something, right? When is so a USB stick fix, instead right? of a tooth, yeah.
2: So, Newt, Canute, that was beautiful. You're right. <laughs> But it's still. Don't forget, it's still a ten trillion dollar physical market. Okay, it is, a, it is. So I used to trade a lot, right? Uh, hedge funds. I, I use. I, I was on the, what's called the buy side as a hedge fund. I was also a sell side trader, and we got. Uh, we had this funny guy that was on my desk, and so each trader gets set a limit, right, as his risk exposure. Mm. And uh, I remember one day he stood up when the the risk guy came around and said. Uh, Hey, Brian, you've exceeded your limit. He goes limit. I thought it was a target. Okay. Now think about that for a second. Gold is only a target. That's 10 trillion. That's again, a rounding error in the $900 trillion US total financial total addressable market, but we do have to get through it. I'm not certain we should be you know, fighting or fighting the the, the ten trillion dollar guys. Like, there's so many bigger guys out there, and you know, being in fixed income, I'll just tell you, fixed income's three hundred trillion dollars. Th-
3: that's yeah, where yeah. some of that money comes in, though, right, Greg? I mean, the reality it is does, like, a lot of gold bugs
2: are coming in with okay, like R- RIA look, money. Look, 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 look. It's it's I mean, not all. That I disagree competing.
3: with you. It's still such a small you know oh, drop in the bucket. Disagree
2: right? or agree? agree no, agree, no agree. I'm saying I
3: don't disagree with. Okay, you. I don't. Okay, negative, so here's let's, let me statement. let me take a
2: step back and tell you guys as a Canadian who frankly. Frank juicester was Frank actually is a proud Canadian who founded a company called Yorkton securities that basically made their whole uh so Yorkton securities is an investment bank or a, uh, a brokerage you know might like a Merrill Lynch in the US much smaller obviously but their whole focus was on small cap miners gold miners he's defending a uh Industry in Canada that's very substantial. He obviously, you know, was tapped in. He mentioned he was uh, uh, a good friend of Larry Fink, okay, head of um, BlackRock. All true. Uh, The man is a philanthropist. He did admit that, you know, Sailor was right, but Sailor trounced him. Jim Rickards, who is the gold bug, said, I give it to Frank Justra, but let's just admit that sailor made some good points. Okay. Look, Jim, uh, come on, dude, this is embarrassing that you would even admit even go out, you know, everybody's true colors come out. So yes, he trounced them. Okay. Sailor was a beautiful, beautiful, but I'm arguing, let's not even focus on 10 trillion. That's again, it's both of them are hard assets to an extent. Uh, I think that I think that gold's I think that gold is not a perfect hard asset, but it's better than fiat. Would we agree with that? I don't even want to defend it. I'll just say yeah. this, okay? And Justra said said this. We agree on ninety percent of the argument. And as John said, at the end of it, he was admitting, "You're right. Bitcoin is should be part of your hard asset allocation." And ten percent is pretty weak, right? As he as Sailor pointed out, Bitcoin or excuse me, uh, gold miners mine gold. And then they sell it for fiat. Gosh, that's that's a pretty lame. So they debase or they depress the price of gold. Central banks depress the price of gold. Central banks own 77% of the price of gold. So, or excuse me, of the supply of gold. Therefore, gold is almost fiat. Let's Let's understand that gold is almost fiat. And therefore, it is not the perfect store of value. Bitcoin is the perfect store of value. Here's what I know. The, this is what the argument missed. Juice just says, oh my God, Bitcoin uses the equivalent of some number of cars, right? It, ex, it, it uses the energy of some number of cars. Did you know, and Sailor pointed this out, mm. that the gold industry, mining industry, uses 20 times the energy that the Bitcoin network uses. Hey, yeah. everybody says Bitcoin's boiling the oceans. How about you just look at gold? Not to mention the 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 tailing ponds and all the uh, uh, residual contaminants that come out of trying to mine this silly metal. It is over. Go
0: ahead, go ahead <laughs> yeah, I would say fiat is boiling the oceans Correct. because it, if, if 100%. there's if there's anything that's just destroying the planet, it's it's the fiat mindset and consumerism. And this is like, Greg you're saying a lot of of clever things but the thing is I I come from this I look at this from a completely different angle because I'm not a trader at all by a stretch I've I've like I've had stocks once or twice in my life just a small amounts, but I I've, I've never been a, a, a like I've never traded in order to just trade and make money off of trading this or that asset I come from the. I look at this from a much more philosophical angle, if you will, and I think comparing like gold is is sort of the best comparison to the, like the best thing in 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 the outer world that you can compare Bitcoin to, but it's still an insult to Bitcoin to compare it to gold because it's so much better than gold. So like the, the, like comparing mathematics to one single element, like if, if you look at Bitcoin as an extra element in the periodic table, uh, uh, it, it, it has like the perfect properties for storing value. Okay. And it, Can I per- just say yeah. one thing?
2: Can I hug you right now? Because I love you, man. Okay, look, look, <laughs> I love you. You're totally right. But you got to understand where all the money in the world is. It's not in the hands. Yeah, yeah, of the but big no, f- no,
0: but, but, but okay. Hold, hold on a second, because money is is the is the wrong framework. Like this is a whole new paradigm and a whole new set a whole new way of interacting with each other and a whole new. Uh, I, I I don't think people will think about about value in trading terms in that like like. Maybe, maybe like the question was, why are you bullish this week? And I'm talking like way ahead. I'm trying to, I'm always trying to figure out what's at the end of the thought vector. But, uh, <laughs> but I can't, I can't, I can't help myself. Like, the, the properties of Bitcoin are so much better than everything that preceded it. So, so I just, I just don't think like you say that there's this and that money and that and like, and the the energy fud, it's it's just so unbelievably stupid because nobody talks about the alternative cost. I just wrote an article about that, and where I saw a tweet where someone complained about Bitcoin using up as much energy as Switzerland. Well, ban Switzerland, ban the use of Switzerland for fuck's sake. Switzerland is way worse and way yes. more wasteful okay. than than Bitcoin is. You're so right. Uh, You're I don't so get right, it. man. Okay, yes, except guys, what did currency again?
2: I tried to do this with my three three chickens for a cow example Mm -hmm. people need to live and you know north american indians i'm a canadian north american indians used wampum as a yep. means of rather than trading a uh, you know uh, yep. maize or, or corn for a tomahawk they said okay I'll t- uh, we'll use wampum as the uh, as the exchange rate look currencies exist because they are efficient at the di- differentiating a barter uh, who the guy that owned three chickens for a cow what if the guy down the street was selling four chickens for one cow the guy that bought three chickens for one cow. He just, he, he, he missed the the boat. So currencies allow you to efficiently trade products across the world. Now, a fiat currency for global trade makes sense. My question, and I don't want to discuss this, then why is global fiat trading 30 times the amount of global trade? Well, obviously there's a lot of speculation going on in fiat currencies, right guys? But at the end of the day, the base value of a currency is to take the place of this three chickens for a cow concept. I, I, I love what you're saying, bro, but the the money lives right now in these huge pension funds that have to compare relative value amongst different assets. It's no different than three chickens for a cow. It it sets relative value amongst different asset classes around the world. And the unit of account right now is the U S dollar. I believe that will change, but until it does that's how everyone compares relative performance. Lots of money is made and lost every single day on relative performance. That's, after all, what every single asset class is. And I'll have more to say about this when when my uh, my time comes up. But, Newt, again, yeah, I want I want I want I want to I, I, I want to give you a hug, dude. You <laughs> are exactly the problem. Not a problem. The reality is, I I'm just trying to connect the dots to get from A to B, and you yeah. you're like A B. And and Newt's already at, at Z, Z Z plus yeah. okay. Z plus okay, or Z plus is That's for our American. I still
3: haven't learned the alphabet in your guys this time. Greg, you better be careful, man. You're not allowed to hug people in Canada. I heard you're gonna you're not gonna right shame, now, man. but
2: on Zoom, on Zoom, man, we can
0: zoom hug
2: <laughs> <laughs> Oh
1: man, I love it. Uh this is great. I'm loving this conversation. Uh this is a lot of fun. We've got Uh, everybody in the chat is saying they're loving the panel and, and the rabbit holes that we've dove down so, so far. Uh, so we're going to keep it going. There's like 350 people in here. Smash that like button. Give this a share and keep the comments coming because we're going to keep bringing them up. Uh, I got a shout out to, uh, who was it? Uh, somebody, (laughs) I, it's way far back, but somebody said, uh, rappers with lumber grills. I got a kick out of that one. I thought that was great. So uh, yeah, keep them coming. And uh, we're going to keep rolling and we're going to toss it. Greg, it is it is your shot. We want to
2: hear why you're bullish. Why don't I, you mute I, me? Why don't you mute me? Because I've already talked way too much. But here's what I'm going to say, okay? Before I get into my little spiel, the classic example of Sailor versus Justra, Do you know who use, who owns Frank.com? Because that's where Joostra got to start, right? <laughs> yeah. You know who owns Frank.com? Yeah, of course. Michael Saylor. So he owns Frank.com. If that's not the classic example of the future versus the past, I don't know what is. Okay. So the beautiful thing, and I need to bring this up from a trader's perspective, you know that Michael Saylor started off being negative on Bitcoin, right? He thought it was a Ponzi. So credit to him for peeling the layer of the onion and actually reversing his position. And that's the mark of a great trader. OK, mark of a great trader is when they realize that they're wrong and they don't stick with their negative or wrong position. They reverse that position or at least flatten it out. That's the key. So Sailor did that. He changed his mind. And then we'll talk about shift for one second. Uh, Spencer, I love the kid his dad i'm not so fond of at the end of the day it's all theater we, we gotta just put this aside that that's not uh that's not important i think his son is uh, brilliant but uh what his dad's doing is uh playing the rest of us like a bunch of fools just look at uh uh mr Schiff's uh, performance over the last 20 years in his in his gold fund guys it's it's pathetic and uh let's not even go there so why am i bullish all right I thought you were going to bring this up, Ben, and so therefore I had two reasons I'm bullish. I was almost certain you were going to say because of our member of parliament. Oh, yes. Pierre, and I, uh, my wife is oh. French-Canadian, Pierre oh. po- po- Poilivre, Poil- 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 okay, Poilivre. And I'm not sure if that is a Belgian last name in French, but my Lord, that's a tough one to say. Pierre Poilivre delivered an, a, a, a knockdown in the house of commons in canada which was a thing of beauty and he basically said modern monetary theory is not in fact modern by any means it's using the same practice of the last thousands of years which is basically debasing fiat there's nothing modern about it and the man is really really eloquent in both languages and i will just tell you as a canadian he gives me hope that there are politicians in Canada that actually understand mathematics, okay? Because Pierre Trudeau, excuse me, Pierre Trudeau's son, Justin Trudeau, he clearly doesn't understand mathematics. Now, math is the base layer of language, you guys, right? Everyone who speaks mathematics can also speak Their own mother tongue doesn't mean a Chinese person can speak English, but they understand math. It's the same thing. Mathematics is the base layer of language. And so is Bitcoin, the base layer of either money or store of value. I'll argue store of value. So that's my first point, and Ben, I'm I'm just going to bring it up because I was certain that was your point, and and you didn't yeah. do it, so I needed I, a second one. So if you want to say something there, I'll I'll turn off. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, I, I was just going to quickly say that if people haven't seen this, there is just an absolutely incredible. I don't know what to address. I more of a rant almost uh, from of Pierre uh, in the in the House of Commons where he he goes through a historical context of of debasement of various different countries um, and how it has played out for them um, throughout history. And then he, he says, well, that that couldn't possibly happen here. Uh, And, and he starts saying how um, the the finance minister uh, says that she is uh, not, not uh, is not believing in modern, modern monetary theory, but he then contrasts that with their actions, which seems to uh, suggest that they very much, do believe in some flavor of modern monetary theory, which they is basically bought, right there. It
2: says, right. What they bought 80 something percent mm-hmm. of the, uh, 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 of the amount of money. What was yeah. about share bought by central bank, 80% of the federal debt uh, of the new federal debt or yeah. deficit, right? Yeah. Crazy. Now the beautiful thing that he also, that also happened is some knucklehead from the opposing party got up in the middle of the speech, and happened, and 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 interrupted. The Speaker of the House goes, uh, "Excuse me, Miss Speaker. Do we have to take notes? Because if this is a history lesson, I need to take notes." And I just said to myself, "Oh my God, the guy was from Kingston, Ontario, which is a a voting area." I just said, "Anyone who lives in Kingston that voted that knucklehead into Parliament." should be absolutely ashamed that that's the best thing that he could come up with. Am I going to have to take notes? Because if I have to take notes and learn from history, and it it, it, it was just insulting as a Canadian that the opposition party is making jokes about this. So keep rocking, Pierre. I, I know that Jeff Booth knows him. I know that the guy's a Bitcoiner behind the scenes. But remember, it's difficult for a senior federal politician, if your name's not Cynthia Loomis, to come out and say, I love Bitcoin. It'll happen in Canada, and my I want this man to be the person that does it. But if it's not Me him, too. someone else will do it. Yeah, I think I think it's
1: becoming more acceptable. We're seeing we're seeing politicians around the world a lot in the states. We've seen a, a couple mayors come out and say that they're, you know, they're looking to put it into the the city's treasury. Um, I'd love to see Pierre come out and just say, you know what, this, this is kind of what we need. We need. And he says it in in this speech. He says that we need a return to sound money. Um, if you haven't watched it, I highly recommend you go check it out um, you can find it on twitter i've retweeted it a bunch of other bitcoiners have retweeted it but look them up pierre uh, po- i'm not even i'm going to butcher the last it's name poil
2: <laughs> po- po- livre okay poil and and that's poil livre po- it's all good He'll, pierre p okay pierre rochard yeah. and pierre p need to get on and discuss mathematics Yeah. The, uh, yeah the beautiful thing as you said People need to look at it because he is basically calling out the MMTers. Now, MMT has to happen because there's no other solution. That is mathematical certainty that MMT has to happen. Okay, Uh, that's what we've dug. That's the hole we've dug ourselves. So don't have your children saving in fiat. Fiat is programmed to debase. Uh, That's and Pierre is basically calling that out. Okay, a beautiful thing. Uh, I believe that uh, Jeff Booth. Uh, another Canadian who's written an incredible book called the price of tomorrow. He knows Pierre. Mm -hmm. And I think that if anyone has Pierre's ear, I think it's Jeff Booth and I'm, I'm I'm excited about that. Okay. So uh, yeah, there is hope for my kids Um, and Canada, you know, we're, we're an energy rich uh, natural resource, rich nation. And I want Canada to embrace Bitcoin because Bitcoin is digital energy. And any nation that's rich in energy, whether it's hydroelectric energy, whether it's natural resource energy, fossil fuels, you're going to get paid in Bitcoin someday, guys. Why? Because Bitcoin will be the unit of account for energy because energy and Bitcoin Bitcoin is digital energy. Very simple. Russia does not want to hold U.S. dollars. They do not want to sell their valuable natural resources for worthless fiat. There'll be a time when the Kremlin says, you know what? I'd rather get Bitcoin. Bitcoin's digital energy for my natural energy. This is the time when the U.S. dollar will lose reserve asset status, it won't res- lose reserve currency status. It will you re- lose reserve asset status. So let's not get into that too much. My second point, uh, so it's 620. I'm going to summar- summarize really quickly. Goldman Sachs, okay? Goldman is like revered on the street. Uh, Goldman is Goldman Sachs. Uh, they started adding Bitcoin in their asset attribution last week. They compare all other asset classes, to the performance of Bitcoin and Bitcoin blows everything out of the water by such a large margin, not just on a return basis, but also on something called a sharp ratio. Don't want to get too granular, but a sharp ratio and uh basically divides the return by the volatility of that return and returns a number that's a that, that compares the volatility of an asset to its uh to its total return. It's nothing more than risk adjusting a return if you believe volatility is the purest measure of risk, which I don't, but it doesn't matter. It's called a sharp ratio. Bitcoin is so far ahead of every single other asset in the in 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 what they measure, that every single portfolio manager that follows Goldman just lost ten years of their life, and I'm I'm using that from Zero Hedge, okay? Zero Hedge came out with a brilliant tweet that said every single portfolio manager just lost ten years of their life because Bitcoin is now in the attribution index as measured by Goldman Sachs. Like it or not, Knut. Like it or not, everybody out there. The big money still is in institutional pensions, institutional investors that follow benchmarks like Goldman's attribution analysis, okay? And when that happens, CalPERS, who has 60% of their portfolio in equities and perhaps 30% in fixed income bonds that are guaranteed to lose money after inflation, that includes high yield bonds are guaranteed to lose money after inflation. They better be thinking about assets that they can replace the certainty of fixed income, losing money on a real basis. Okay. Very simple. And CalPERS and BlackRock, which manages, I think BlackRock manages $7 trillion themselves. God darn it. Can you imagine if BlackRock decides, hey, we need 1% in Bitcoin. One asset manager, $7 trillion. They flick the switch and say, we're starting to buy Bitcoin. I'm super bullish because Goldman, who is a steward of the street, all the money still lives. I'm afraid that's where it is. It's not with us plebes, okay? It is in the big money pension funds of the world. And when Goldman starts measuring a new asset called Bitcoin that shows performance that blows everything so far out of the water, there'll be people out there, including Scott Minard, who say, "You know what? I thought it was going to four hundred thousand. I just realized that it's going to ten times 400000 Very simple supply and demand. Supply and demand for a scarce asset. Twenty-one million math and code. Buy it. Put it away and don't look at its price. It's a rounding error right now, a rounding error. We're getting overly analytic on something that has the potential to go so much higher. Nobody knows and nobody can put that. Okay. So don't overthink this, ladies and gentlemen.
1: I wanted to pull something up because you were talking about sharp ratio. And this was, uh, I guess, a a quote from uh, Michael Saylor or a paraphrasing of Michael Saylor. Um, he was talking about gold. I imagine this was during the debate. Uh, he said in the last year, Bitcoin up 693% versus gold 4.66% last full calendar year. Um, sharp ratio is 4.7 versus 0.43 over five years. $1 invested into Bitcoin, $132 versus gold $1 and 33 cents. Gold lost 99% of your wealth over a decade. Bitcoin is running at 190% every year versus 1.65% for gold. Interesting.
2: (laughs) So that's it. That's, that's the analysis. Is that that that
3: bad? (laughs) That bad? Sorry. You know, I'm not doing the 32 years of, uh, <laughs> of, uh, of Wall Street trading here. So, are you asking
0: me seriously, it, Johnny? Or no, John, or, no, you no kidding? Of course you're kidding. Not. But
3: person, I just yeah. I think what's important sometimes is yeah. to recognize how easy this decision is, right? Like, I think the reason why the gold play is such a a, a profound piece, even though it's so not necessarily um, a large part of the market, is is really similar to why like something like Tesla, or when Walmart announces next month, because you know they're behind and they got to throw a hail mary pass, and Bitcoin is that for them, but. What I think is important is people understand what Tesla is. People can resonate with Tesla. It makes a different headline for mainstream. It de-risks things. Um, gold is somewhat similar, I think, in a, in, a, in a similar way. People understand it, right? Like whether it's like someone in India who doesn't understand what Bitcoin is, like they understand what gold is, right? Like um, my mom understands gold, man. My mom doesn't even know a computer, right? And so I, I think like when you start to understand like Bitcoin taking over gold I think it's headline actually means more for the monetary energy that will flow in after um, I don't disagree you know I come from a background as a a reformed public accountant right like I did the uh, the, uh, the 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 markets in a little bit of a different perspective in terms of tra- you know translating through trust which you know is the antithesis of You know my hat here, but um, the 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 facet of understanding, I think, um, or understating the importance over overtaking gold is really, really, I think, um, you know, subjective, but still incredibly like understated. Um, I I talked about this. I've had this conversation with Tina and others about like the first Troy against the hardest fucking trillion. (laughs) <laughs> and, like, um, and like, I think going from 1 to 10 is so much easier than it is from 0 to 1. And going from 10 to 100 is easier than 0 to 10 because of network effects. A lot of what Newt's highlighting in his S-curve to J-curve uh, um, 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 uh, 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 theory, if you will. And so um, I, I love what you're saying, but no, I'm not, I'm not kidding. I, or I was kidding. I absolutely know that that's, that's absolutely ridiculous. It's part of why sailors trouncing was so true right? It wasn't just math. It wasn't just econ. It wasn't just history. It wasn't just emotion. It wasn't just grassroots versus gloom and doom. It was, yo, you lost 99% of your wealth. Right. And that's not a what? Democrat, was, Republican, who was, who was, who or right was, or left issue. Yeah. Who know? was the
2: optimist and who was the pessimist? Right? Wasn't it? Well, that's sad, always the case, though. Right? No, no, no but wasn't it sad? Don't you understand? <laughs> the government's going to do this to us. Don't you understand? County this is already. how it's always been, right. isn't it? It's just fud and look uh, again. It was future versus the past, and it was just a trouncing. Hundred percent. Canoe, did you want to tag in on any of
1: this? What do, What are you thinking about? uh, what Greg yeah, but, was chatting about,
0: yeah, Greg's Greg's rant made me think of a couple of things, so a couple of fundamentals. Like uh, when we're t- when we're talking uh, mathematics, and uh, when we're talking the example you gave with the early on with a cow and the and the three chickens, and what fiat money really is, and so and such. You you have like. On on one hand, you have mathematics, which perfectly describes what's going on in the objective reality. And on the other hand, you have praxeology, which is the study of human action. And uh, it's the greatest lost subject in all public schools. And it's lost in public schools for a reason, because public schools don't really like praxeologists because they tell too much of the truth. So that's what the Austrian School of Economics is based on, like that all value is subjective and that people do stuff in order to remove a felt uneasiness. That's why anyone does anything uh, consciously. So so what, what fiat is? Uh, are you familiar with a, a children's book called The Emperor's New Clothes by a Danish author called H.C. Andersen or Hans Christian Andersen?
2: Uh, I am familiar. Hundred percent, I've heard of Hans Christian Andersen, but no, I'm not familiar the, with
0: the book. The, the Emperor's New Clothes is about a, a a big fat old emperor in a kingdom in Europe uh, that has uh, he has employed the the most expensive tailor in the world to 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 sew him a new dress for his march uh, down the square where all the all the people in the kingdom would come and see him. Uh, and uh, it just so happens that this tailor, this is a very condensed version, this this tailor uh, j- just, uh, he, he tells him that this is the finest silk you can get. So it's completely transparent or like uh, mo- people can see it, but uh, it, it's so fine that you can't see the thread. Uh, and he ends up walking the streets naked, believing that he has uh, clothes on. And this is what fiat money is. Uh, and uh, all the people uh, share him on and and tell him what a nice dress he has on until a child points out that the, he has no clothes on. Uh, so that's the essence of the story, and uh, I love the story so much because. Uh, I always say that you only need two books in this world, and that's The Emperor's New Clothes and 1984 by or- Orwell. <laughs> because 1984 <laughs> b- describes what happens if you keep on believing that the emperor has new clothes on, but, <laughs> but he has no clothes on, and, and that's what fiat money is. It requires us all to believe that it has value. But lo- look at what happened in India. Like I, I think it was like three or four years back. It was around... The, the, the last Bitcoin boom uh, when uh, overnight or over a weekend they they uh, they banned the use of the two highest uh, denominations of, of physical cash in India so the thousand uh, rupee bill and the 500 rupee bill was banned and it, you, you had to they announced the law on a Friday and you, you had until three o'clock to go to the bank and change it all for or, or it all in a bank account to change it for smaller denominations and of course you had no time to do that and the the law was implemented on the monday so so you couldn't do it during the weekend but what happened to the actual bills after after this uh, law was imposed was that they still had value that just had a little less value so a a 500 rupee bill was worth about 300 rupees afterwards and a thousand rupee bill about 600 or some something like that i don't know the exact but that's the thing with money it's it's just what we and you could you could use them and uh, as long as people believe that they had some value they had some value and that's the thing with all types of money including bitcoin it, it depends on our beliefs in it and the, what, what differentiates bitcoin from every type of currency that preceded it it it's that all you need to believe is that one and one equals two? Like that mathematics work basically, and that's like uh, cryptography works. The SHA two five six algorithm works, and you need you need to believe one more thing, and that is that game theory works, and that people will act in their own self interest. Those are the only two things that that makes Bitcoin work, and uh, so so there's no uh that that's not a very high threshold and sooner or later everyone will realize this and i i, I know there's a point sometime in the future uh, as i've said before where 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 things where number go up turns into number go absolutely bonkers because uh uh when, when everyone when more uh, we add more people to this every day and we add more people, not only that own Bitcoin and uh, ho- hold some Bitcoin and trade Bitcoin and hold a Bitcoin wallet, but we add people like me every day that, that are completely mad and, <laughs> and think that the price will go up forever. Uh, we're added too, you know, in the hodlers of last resort. And we're adding more Gregs and more Johns and more Bens and more Michael Saylors and more Jeff Booths by the second. So, so And we're shedding our Taleb's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I was actually thinking of bringing a bottle of olive oil with my whiskey here. <laughs> <laughs> that there was the some, meme of the day, right? John, I don't. I want to. I went.
2: Can I? Can I give one one shout out? At, look, I, I I think I mentioned this. I can't remember. Did I mention? You know, uh, Ross Stevens from uh, NYDIG? and when he described, and it may have been. Breed love writing behind the scenes. I'm not going to tell you whether it was or not. But when Ross Stevens described money has always been a technology for transferring or storing, rather, money has always been a technology for storing the value of work, energy, or time expended today for consumption in the future. You think about Bitcoin versus fiat currency. Think about when you were 20 years old, at least when I was 20 years old, and I was on a hot roof, pounding nails, asphalt shingles into a roof, and I may have earned 20 bucks on that day, 20 fiat dollars, 25 years ago. What's it worth now versus the energy I expended that day to make an improvement on that house? That $20 20 years ago may be worth fifty right now, and I don't even need it right now. I need it in another 20 years, okay? So the funny thing is that Bitcoin is actually the purest form of storing the first law of thermodynamics, which is conservation of energy, because it's got fixed supply. Newt, Canute, I'm sorry, you said it eloquently, all right? It is the store of value. Now, the currency, I'm going to take issue with that, is to facilitate barter. There's a way, it's way more efficient to figure out how much one chicken costs. And that's a, it's 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 one chicken costs this much pretty well anywhere in your neighborhood rather than one third of a cow. Okay, that's just a better way of doing things. It doesn't mean that that currency stores your value. It means that... Hmm. Bitcoin stores your value and the two systems can exist in parallel and they better because if they don't, that's going to be very dangerous. So all I will say is again, I love what you're saying because you and I both and John and Ben, it's about mathematics. Very simple. The base layer of language, guys, you can't mess with the base layer of language.
1: I love it, John. Do you want to add anything? How, well, you, you know, you, it's,
3: just, it's it's there. There is some level of like poetry, and you know, we joke on Sunday Satoshi service about some of the religious parody because, you know, if you're going to get accused of it, have some fun with it. But, you know, like when you're when you're, so like I, you know, I, I've been fortunate enough to like kind of live on both sides of like um, the world's economic paradigm, if you will. Um, I grew up in an incredibly poor circumstance, and my kids won't have to deal with that, and so. You know, when you're when when you're like less economically advantaged, you're constantly thinking about money, like how can I make more money, in whatever terms you want to think about that, right? Even if you don't understand Bitcoin or sound money, Uh, how can I get more money? How can I get more money? When your wealth starts to accumulate, um, I see this universally. You start to focus more on time, right? And like the beauty of Bitcoin is that it actually is it comes to the intersection of of money and time, right? Like if you get into like astrophysics, you start to understand space is time. And you really start to understand money being time, and you understand that Bitcoin is the only thing that actually solves that, right? Like, that's where truly understanding Bitcoin is, right? Like, if you ask yep. the question to to, to to someone about space-time, it's just like the, the natural question for them to understand it. And Neil deGrasse Tyson does a really great job of laying this out. I promise not to go too far down this path, but it's like, yo, like, if I were to ask you, meet me at 7 o'clock, what's the next natural question? Where? right? Where at seven o'clock? If I asked you to meet me at Ben's house, you'd say, (laughs) what's the next natural question? When, right? And so, you know, when you're talking about, and as Michael Saylor lays it out, as you, Greg, and and you lay it out in your book too, right? When you're trading the most scarce asset, your time, um, and you're trading that ultimately for some form of currency or some form of money. Like Bitcoin is the only thing that no matter how much the economic paradigm shifted for me until I found Bitcoin, I didn't find some sense of relief. Like it was the ability for me to take a deep breath knowing that, okay, there is a place that I can actually store wealth for my family in the future. Right. And like, you know, as I hear you lay that out and, 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 and Ben, I see what you pulled up there on the, on the back end of that, uh, Mm-hmm. Uh, or uh, pulled into the screen there. And so, mm-hmm. you know, as I think of Bitcoin, I think about it as the intersection of time and money, much less, much like space is time. And so, um, and, and that's the beauty of being able to carry that forward into, into the future.
0: I would yeah. say that, uh, oh, sorry.
1: I, w- I was just going to quickly tell people uh, on the same wavelength of, of Bitcoin <laughs> and the intersection of Bitcoin and time, uh, there's a really great article written by Gigi called Bitcoin is Time. Uh, so you can just look that up. Just yeah. look up Bitcoin is time. G G G I G uh, I, and it's great. And there's also an audible read by Guy Swan on the same page. Or if you just go to Bitcoin Audible, you can search that up. It's it's a great read.
0: But uh, I, I would go one step further and say that Bitcoin is condensed time uh, mm. because it's it's like the 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 sum of all. All the hours, all the working hours of, uh, not only the working hours, but all hours of all human beings that that are living now, that have lived before us and produced, produced things of value for us in, in this day. And that all the people that will live before the sun eats us at one point, like 4 billion years from now, all that time divided by 21 million, that's what Bitcoin is worth. And we better. Damn. And it might be worth even more if we if we uh, like go to the different. Different solar systems in a, in a, in another. It, it's actually part of the can you,
3: it's one of the times that I really started to come into a new fundamental understanding of Bitcoin of understanding time right like what time is yeah. one directional the blockchain is one directional right you understand its immutability yeah. and like its censorship resistance yeah way. yeah
0: uh, yeah it's absolutely integral to to, to the system but wow. uh, uh, I, I also uh, I find we talk a lot about store of value but I have a a slight problem with the with the term because you can't store value since value is subjective <laughs> so 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 th- this is th- uh, and this is where things get really, energy, really weird if value, is energy, energy, Austin, yes. yes, value is energy yes, value is energy value is energy it always but, is th- there's another phrase that makes no sense to me digital energy because like uh, i get the energy reference but not the digital <laughs> like because everything on the internet is digital energy and, like, the, the energy, this is, this is a very funny thing because it's, it's another part where, where uh, Bitcoin sort of bridges between praxeology and mathematics or physics and uh, something subjective uh, uh, because it, it sort of glues the two worlds together, like human incentives and human action and why we do stuff actually connected to to the physical world and to to actual energy and thermodynamics and all all of this you talk. I wrote an article quite early on about Bitcoin and thermodynamics, and I find this so fascinating. And I think it's very connected to all parts of how Bitcoin functions, like uh, the the knowing is owning concept. Like when you uh, in Bitcoin, knowing your private key is owning that Bitcoin. And there's, there's no physical thing to own. And then you start questioning uh, what true ownership really is. What, ask yourself, what, uh, what, what things in your life do you truly own? Uh, and, uh, and if you question ownership, it's like, yeah, I own my car, but it could be taken away by someone pointing a gun at me. And I, I own my stuff, because, because, but it could all be taken away at some point by someone using force. Except for my Bitcoin, because there's no way for for them to know that I even have them if I have them in my head. So when when knowing becomes owning, you you remove uh, most of the like you you disarm uh, people (laughs) from take taking your stuff. The the more the higher percentage of your net worth that is actually in your head the the harder it is to coerce you into doing stuff <laughs> uh, and like violence will will not pay off uh, in the same way as it used to uh, it, 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 in the future it, violence will will not give you as good results as it used to do. <laughs> like like not only uh, that but like, violence
1: you, you you won't know if you've truly extracted uh, all no. the value that one holds <laughs> and through violence.
0: Exactly, and this this is what keeps me optimistic because there's a lot of things to be pessimistic about. The, just as Greg says, the dollar will probably be around for quite some time, but all the other fiat currencies will die. Uh, maybe the euro and the yuan will stay a bit longer, but all the other ones are dead. The Swedish krona here, it's it, it, uh, I laugh at it. it. It's It's so stupid. It's, it's, it's just a Euro bill with another zero on it. And it's, the, it's, the yeah. Canadian moose
1: shekel as well. Yeah. On, the well the Canadian
0: dollar We're is in trouble, completely. guys, we are in trouble. We are yeah, in trouble. And, but to that point, uh, uh, all the fiat currencies will die. Uh, and the dollar will probably with the one, with the most longe- longevity, but, but, but it's nothing compared to Bitcoin. <laughs> it, it It's, um, it's still something that can be taken away. It not only can it be stolen from you. Your dollar bills, your 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 uh, your bank can become bankrupt, and your your like your central bank can dilute the value. It, it it's a lousy it's a lousy store of value, and it's a lousy not lousy. Body. It's it's
2: horrible. It's 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 and it's yeah, mathematically exactly. certain. And here's you know it, it 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 can be taken away from you by force, or it, it's taken away from you over time. Yeah. by debasing. Okay. So I have everything. I love everything you say. I just want to add I'm an engineer, the proof of work function, which is energy. That's yeah. what Bitcoin is to me. Okay. That's yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not telling yeah. you, you have to, uh, you have to visualize it that way. But for me, yeah, it's digital energy because it's proof of work function is solved using yeah. energy. Okay. That's just,
0: yeah. It. And I, I, I agree with that. Uh, like I, I like to, uh, to visualize it as a mathematical battery that can store energy you, you write about elec-
3: this in your book by the way this yeah, is one yeah, of yeah, that absolutely put, knocks me off my chair when yeah you can,
0: you can put electricity in and get a certain part of the first world's first digital pie out uh, which is a part of a fixed number that's what you get and yeah th- that makes you able to store to store all that energy because you can trade it for someone something else at a later point and uh, like a, a perfect money is a good money across time and space uh, uh bitcoin is arguably better over time than over space uh, uh, it's still very very good over space uh especially using the lightning network but time is much more important than space. <laughs> like the three dimensions of space, what we have right now is, is the earth uh, and that's uh, <laughs> X, X squared amount of uh, square kilometers. Like that, it's, I don't know the exact figure, but it's, it's a limited amount of space. Time on the other hand, seems endless because we we have multiple generations of humans waiting to take over. And like, you can use Bitcoin to dub your children into knights, just like the feudal lords used to do. And like the, uh, uh, and pass on wealth. Like there are, there are old uh, uh, feudal families still living here in this country that have a, a a shit ton of money all of them and they all live live off of wealth that that was inherited from back in the like 15th and 16th century and stuff so uh but now everyone has that ability everyone's the king that 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 is able to dub his children into uh princes and pri- actual princes and princesses and lords and ladies uh you just have to Give them the private keys when you die, somehow. It's, it's so cool to see. And I, I love, again,
1: uh, beckoning back to the early analogy you made of, of Bitcoin doesn't just s- potentially store all value of everyone existing right now, but all value of everybody's effort for every generation moving forward from here on in.
3: Yeah. And, 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 and behind.
1: And through history, but now it's so much easier to effectively and safely pass down that economic power to generations of your family without having it siphoned away from them. It's, it's truly, it's, it's groundbreaking. And I think we, we see again, a lot less of these wealth gaps that were achieved through the perversions of Of fiat debasement um, and a lot more of families that are able to truly pass something down through the generations and the ones that act irresponsibly seeing not just consequences for
3: themselves but for generations thereafter (laughs) see Ben this is really one of the things that I try to hit home so in the parody that is service on Sunday like these are one things like so when you're young you're worried about the judgment of your parents and as you have kids and I know this is kind of a new thing for you, congrats again, man. But you start to think about the judgment of your children. Yeah. Right? What will they think? What is it gonna matter? And so, like, this is one you just can't mess up. Like, with the information you have, you can't mess this up because you're gonna have to answer to your kids, right? You know, I had the I had the opportunity to own Bitcoin. Instead, I bought, dare I say it, you know, eight thousand other shit coins, or dare I say I bought gold, or dare I say I bought some real estate with Property taxes that are absolutely so crippling that I couldn't even hold the real estate for you until you're old enough to manage it yourself. Whatever, right? Like I it. bought GameStop. Oh my God, man. Don't hurt my feelings here. But you know, I, I find that to be one of the most important things because what's happened right now, one of the unique things that talking about being a Bitcoin dad with two young children is that like this is the first generation of like Bitcoin kids, right? Like these will be the first non-orange pilled owners of Bitcoin. They're just going to be indoctrinated, not orange-pilled, right? And so Like, I think the shift is going to be pretty monumental, um, both culturally, both from a a technology adoption standpoint as well. Um, I'm not not trying to bear it just as a technology standpoint. But this is one of those really, really powerful, I think, thoughts that I have as I start to think about 10, 20, 30 years into the future here.
2: So I have three children uh, and my youngest is 21. All right. So you need to. This is important to me, John. I went on your profile. I honestly, I hadn't been connected to you, and I'm so thankful that I met you as one member of this incredible Bitcoin community. Did only. And I, uh, I t- retweeted your uh, your pin tweet, which says, I'm paraphrasing, but something like, "If I talked to you, if I told you to buy Bitcoin, I'm trying to tell you I love you." And, and 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 that's deep to me with three children who actually are enjoying my journey in Bitcoin Twitter as much as I am by the number of people that are giving me shout I stayed outs. stayed away and, from
3: it forever, man. I well, can't believe well, no, I stayed away from my tribe for this long.
2: Well, here's the <laughs> coolest thing, right? I'm 57. Like, I grew up. I think I might have said this on the – I forget podcasts sort of meld into other podcasts. But, guys, I graduated – 1986 McGill University I'd never used a personal computer because they did not exist. I did not have an iPhone that had more power in its hands than put two men on the moon when I was 4 years old. Okay? That iPhone, computing power of that iPhone. I remember seeing Neil Armstrong on TV on a fuzzy TV jumping out. Okay? And and you guys got to understand, I'm 57. I got two, three young kids. So, I'm trying to I'm not going to say indoctrinate them. I'm going to try, I'm trying to teach them the value of energy. And as an engineer, this is the most perfect example that I have. And Knut, I'm not telling you you're wrong. Believe me. I have a ton to learn in this space, but it's the best thing that man has ever developed in my lifetime. And anybody in the past gold, sufficed, but it's not perfect. And it's not even close to perfect. And Michael Saylor, thank you for taking down a Canadian gold bug who admits that 10% is about how much you should own in gold. My God, how much conviction is that? Like, gosh, that is sick. That is sick that you say that, well, I believe in something so much that you better own 10%.
3: Come on, that 10% guys. is more than what uh, gold companies are actually holding. Oh, well, gold, gold
2: companies <laughs> are taking it and converting into fiat. Gold Hughes companies are succeeding. So, so stagger. look, 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 look. Guys, you guys have been wonderful. Um, Ben, I'm not sure where you want this to go from here. I don't need to jump off. I just want to say thank you to the Bitcoin community for continuing to teach me new stuff every day, including on this podcast. Knut, I'm gonna think in things in in your terms. I'm not even gonna worry. Bitcoin's gonna gap from whatever it is today 50,000 I guess it'll gap to what five million and then we'll just we'll start from there right there'll be a there'll be a gap daddy that uh, that starts at five million and sailor mentioned it himself as soon as one central bank comes out and announces uh, they own Bitcoin that thing will rip all right guys and it'll be as an old trader that I would it will be a false uh, excuse me a face melting rally okay anyone who doesn't own it will get their face melted off and that could happen. So don't ever be short. That's all I can say. The gap
1: happens at one sat per three, $200,000 chickens. I think that's when it happens. Um, I, I, yeah, I think now is a good time to kind of have closing thoughts. Um, Greg, I don't know if you want to add anything to the thoughts that you just dropped here or okay. where well, I'm getting thumbs up. Um, I want to add a, a closing thought here and then I'll pass it to uh, Knut And then John, um, so we're again, I really like this final kind of idea that we've been touching on of of the ability of Bitcoin to basically be a a mechanism to store the 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 efforts of humanity as a whole throughout all of time. And I think that that results, In a a return to an old mindset that we haven't seen a lot of, especially in our current fiat age, Um, this is uh, the Basilica in in Barcelona and it was construction of it was started in 1852 um, by Gaudi. He died in 1926. He knew damn well it wasn't going to be finished in his lifetime, but construction went forward anyways. Uh, in 2015, October, 2015, they stated that construction is 70% complete, 70% complete. And I've been there and thing is beautiful. Um, but I love this idea of, of not simply building things just for us in the current time for now. But for building monuments for humanity to enjoy well into the future and for future generations to enjoy, which is just the exact opposite of the environment that I personally have grown up in Um, the entire generation before uh, was focused on pulling value from future generations into their own to live on it and to thrive on it at the cost uh, of an entire generation that weren't even born yet they did, had no regard for it and yeah, now but, uh, so I, I was just gonna you know, say
0: yeah yes yeah, sorry for interrupting you but no, few the past generations it was not their fault they were fooled into this kind of behavior I'd just like to add that. yeah it was it was it was
1: facilitated through certain means but Ben, you keep know,
3: blaming the boomers, man. Let's kind
1: of with that. <laughs> there are no, some the, Bitcoin you, boomers. Frank, you, Tina, yeah. and the
3: and the, the funny thing is, you know what's funny about that, Ben? I'm sorry we're interrupting, but boomers that are actually on that, that have been orange pilled or on the Bitcoin sharing, they will make fun of boomers the hardest, like yeah. the, the the boomer gold bucks. But I, I like where you're going with this, Ben. So please take this Gary
1: on. Gary Leland is is also a great Bitcoin boomer. Oh, I can't and, wait till uh, Bitlock boom in August. Yeah, yeah. So yeah.
3: um
1: but yeah, like I mean the the whole general idea of of shifting from a mentality of siphoning wealth from future generations moving into the antithesis of that which is creating a system that allows us to have mannerisms and and habits that not only enrich and and push us in better directions but provide more for future generations I think is a beautiful thing. And, I, and I'm just glad it's here that's that's all I have to say about that so I, I think uh, what I'll do here I'll jump to Canute and then we'll get John for final thoughts
0: yes uh, every 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 innovation and every tool that mankind ever came up with uh, ha- has the same purpose and that is to save someone time uh, somewhere. Uh, if it's the inventor or if it's someone else, it's it's there to save them time, to reduce tedious labor and <laughs> save them time to remove some uneasiness somewhere. Bitcoin is the, the ultimate time-saving tool because it's it's like a, a pie which everyone can get a piece of uh, that grants you access. To all the other time-saving tools, and uh, it facilitates trade, and uh, it's just completely awesome. And as I said, <laughs> uh, as I said before, it's all the efforts and all the tools and all the inventions of uh, of historic times, of the present, and of the future uh, combined and divided by twenty-one million. That's that's what we're looking at. Uh, so you you cannot be no one is bullish enough on this thing it is so much it's so much bigger than the internet itself and so much bigger than everything else we ever invented so you're all too bearish shame on you go (laughs) 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 figure it out
1: (laughs) i think that's that's a great cap off for you, Canute. You're all too bullish.
3: Shame on you. Uh, John. I wish I could hear that, oh, man. I just have like capsule Dell yelling in my ear F no, <laughs> 200 sat, $200,000 per sat. Was that 63? No, that's what I hear. So I, I, I didn't catch the M part. No, I'm kidding. That was awesome, man. Thanks for making me smarter.
1: <laughs> john any final thoughts that you have for the episode
3: honestly i think it was such one ben super honor man thanks for saving me like dozens and dozens and dozens of hours um on helping people set their hardware wallets by just sending them to your your youtube channel so um talking about time saving i'd be remiss by not uh, uh sending you a quick thank you for that but I'll joke it aside, man, super honored to, to hang out with really, really beautiful like thoughts and minds and, and people. Um, and so like one of the coolest things about being in the Bitcoin community is you kind of um, get to have arguments about almost nothing because you agree about so much with some of the smartest people on the planet. And so, you know, I would just tell you, you know I really do believe it. If someone's told you um, to buy Bitcoin that was their way of telling you, I love you. They just didn't know how to say it. Um, and so, you know, I do think I'm more convinced every day that this is uh, uh, the most noble of causes. And, you know, as a dad, you know, who's focused on trying to raise some non-fiat but really curious children, it's impossible for me not to kind of have You know this uh this emphatic like fashion or excuse me this emphatic passion um to kind of share and help to prepare them for a world that they'll have to understand bitcoin to be fully prepared for and so um yeah this is a lot of fun uh just a couple of final thoughts for for perhaps some of those that are getting ready to raise some non-fiat kids out there
1: i love it thank you so much uh guys it's been an absolute pleasure uh I, I like how deep we got on, on some of these subjects. I, I really enjoyed the conversation, everybody bouncing ideas off each other. Um, and again, thank you to everybody in the
2: chat. I, we had like, can I, can I, yeah, yeah I, I thought I had, do I have one last chance of saying? Oh something? yeah, absolutely. So, so, so I love it. Guys. Okay guys. So thank you so much for having me. I'm going to tell you a story looking backwards. Okay. And this involves my granddad who was involved in two world wars. And in the first world war, He was a fighter pilot in a sop with camel. So you guys remember the Snoopy cartoon where Snoopy is uh, flying in a, so a sop with camel is a biplane, uh, two wings, and he's flying over Italy. My granddad is flying over Italy and he has a German fighter pilot in his sights and the German fighter puts his hands up and points at his machine gun on the front of his plane, indicating that the machine gun is jammed. So my granddad points down to the ground and they both fly down and land in a field in Italy. And the German pilot jumps out of his fighter cockpit with his pistol in the air, drops his pistol on the ground, disarmed. My granddad runs over, picks the pistol off the ground, runs over to the front of the German fighter, rips the machine gun off the front of the fighter throws the machine gun in the back seat of his Sopwith Camel, or the front seat, to be honest, because they it doesn't matter, throws it there, shakes the German pilot's hand and says, I'll kill you legitimately in the sky, but I will not kill an unarmed man. Now, they were fighting on opposite sides of a philosophy, but there was honor and freedom and both World Wars, my granddad fought in, he was awarded the order of the British Empire. He, I grew up with a German machine gun in my basement from World War I, okay, that we ended up donating to the Canadian War Museum. My granddad did not fight like that for fiat currency maniacs at the central bank to debase the future of my children. So I'm going to bring the past into the future. My granddad would have been a Bitcoiner. Why? Because he believed in freedom. Bitcoin is freedom of speech. Bitcoin is math and code. Freedom of speech. Bitcoin is truth and it's freedom of investment. Please take John and Canute's And Ben's advice for your children. And think of my granddad, okay? He didn't shoot an an unarmed man out of the sky. They went down, shook hands, and said, guys, we'll do it on honest terms. We're not fighting on honest terms right now, okay? Bring it home for your kids in honest terms. Math and code 21 million. Base layer of language. Please don't let these central bankers hoodwink us any longer. Okay. It's for our children. And thank you so much for having me, John. I am a huge fan. Canute, I can't wait to read your books. B- Bitcoin, Twitter, and Ben, I'm learning stuff every single day. I only think back growing up with a machine gun from World War I in my basement. Hey, that means something. Okay, this is not guys like American Hoddle and all these guys give service to our country. They don't give service to our country so they can just destroy it with this thing called Fiat. We need to be accountable. And Bitcoin is the first and most accountable unit of account that I've ever seen. Thank God. And we're optimists. We're not pessimists. We're optimists. So thank you for having me. I love it. That was great. I think I think every episode of BTC
1: sessions should end with a with a Foss story. <laughs> I think that would be fantastic. Um, but guys, I will say once again, thank you all for joining me. Uh, awesome chatting with you all. Thank you everybody in the chat. Thank you to the hundreds and hundreds of people that have been in here watching, listening, commenting, and engaging. Uh, it's been a blast and it always is. This happens every Friday. Canute, um, Greg, John, thank you again. I'm going to cut your audio and video right now, but I'll stick around for a minute after we go offline just to say a quick goodbye. But if you do have to run, no worries. Um, and everybody else here, guys, what a ride. What a good time. Always the best part of my week. So much fun chatting with great Bitcoiners. I I couldn't ask for more. This is my job. What the hell? (laughs) It's great. Um, But as always, please, please do hit like, subscribe, share. All of those things, honestly, they help so much. And lots of people have been doing it. I've been noticing more and more people watching. And it's fantastic. It bumps these, uh, these episodes and this content in front of so many more people when you do that. So share it out everywhere. Uh, preach the good word of, of, of the sessions that are happening here. Um, really enjoy these rips. As always, uh, you can also help with the show in another way. You can hit up the sponsors I mentioned down below. Ledin, Kobo, BitRefill, Bill Foddle, all linked in the show notes. And if you really loved what you saw, you can always hit me up with a Bitcoin Lightning Network tip. Uh, maybe it'll go into uh, my my uh, sons and daughters' college funds uh, here. Maybe that, that'll be my tip-in account here. Uh, but yeah, tippinme me slash at BTC Sessions, and I'll, I'll help them build a better future. <laughs> but anyways, guys, thank you so much for being here. Um, as always, I have been Ben. This has been your daily session. Have a wonderful day or evening, wherever you may be. I'll see you guys next time for your... Daily session
3: Huddle
0: Red Bitcoin.